Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Australia had a national carbon tax until 2014, and then they said, no mas, no mas, and they got rid of it. And they got rid of it because, well, you're going to hear why they got rid of it when we speak with an Australian politician at the top of the next hour. He'll be joining us from from Queensland, I think it is, in uh, North Victoria, in Australia. Brad Batten, Australian member of the Victoria Legislative Assembly. Shadow Minister for the Environment. They got rid of the carbon tax. Our Prime Minister has decided that we're all going to have a carbon tax, even though he hasn't conducted a national study of the economic impact of a carbon tax, because as a former drama grade school teacher, he doesn't need to, because that prepares you for everything. Well... Fraser Institute report shows a national carbon tax and or cap-and-trade scheme is failing the economy. Kenneth Green is the uh, Senior Director of Energy and Natural Resource Studies for the Fraser Institute. He's the author of the report, Poor Implementation Undermines Carbon Tax Efficiency in Canada. And Mr. Green joins us from Calgary. Feels weird to say, Mr. Green. You know, uh, Kenneth feels weird to say Mr. Green because I'm Mr. Green. Well, uh, we're both green, Mr. Green. Yeah. Um, although you can call me Dr. Green, if you'd like. Okay, well, let's do that. That's a lot, of, that's a lot better. Let's do that, Dr. Green. So, I don't doc- think you're going to hear a lot of Spanish in your next segment with your Australian guests, so I'm not sure they said no mas. Yeah. Australia, <laughs> okay. I was thinking of Roberto Duran. Um, yes. <clears throat> carbon pricing in Canada doesn't work the way the ivory tower economists envision you, you, you wrote. Explain that to us, please. That's right. Well, <clears throat> when they sell you on a carbon tax, they, they, they tend to say things like, um, it's going to be revenue neutral. We're going to give all the money uh, back <clears throat> that, we, that we collect on the carbon tax. And they say um, uh, that, that it won't hurt the economy because, it's, it's, uh, because we're going to make it revenue neutral. It won't hurt the economy. And that it's the most efficient way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It's more efficient than regulations or, um, or, or other approaches to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And we looked at the literature on, on carbon pricing and the way it's been implemented in Canada – and frankly, it fails to, to, to um, uh, build in the very structures necessary to, to make those claims uh, meaningful, right? So that in, in, three, in three out of four of them, they don't even make a, an effort to claim that they're revenue until they're going to give part of the revenue back and keep some for themselves for whatever programs they like. In fact, most of the, the carbon tax collected here in Alberta will be spent by the government on the same exact programs they've been pers- pushing for 30 and 40 years, more, metro, more transit, more bike paths more efficient light bulbs, more you know, low-flow shower heads, things that, that really 
trivially related to greenhouse gas emission reductions, um, but are costly. And in Ontario, you've got cap and trade where um, they're, they're sheltering the major emitters by giving them uh, permits and allocations of permits. Uh, and you have a um, system where the, the cost is passed on to consumers, but it's hidden. Right? So the consumer never sees it. They just find that their chicken is more expensive and that their, their cars are more expensive and maintenance is more expensive and everything just gets progressively more expensive. But the, the individuals don't see it because it's buried in this, in this um, cap-and-trade program, which is simply a hidden tax. Uh, again, it's not given back to the people uh, in full. It's just spent by the government on the same priorities they've always wanted to spend it on. So should, um, should the politicians who introduce these, these carbon taxes, whether it's a carbon tax or cap-and-trade, and Ontario is involved with Quebec and California, which is an interesting um, partnership, but shouldn't they be aware of this as they launch these programs and make these promises that everything's going to work and be revenue neutral and be good for the planet? Yes, they, they should be, and they are, in fact, because we, we've, we've seen that, that, that they, they are willing to bend the very nature of reality to avoid, avoid admitting that they're just putting in another cap and spending, pro, the trade, tax and spending program. Right. So you had gyrations like Rachel Motley who said, well, the tax is going to be revenue neutral because the government's not going to keep it. If the government has a savings account, the government's in debt, so you're already spending more than you're taking in. So <clears throat> how can it be revenue neutral? Exactly. And Justin Trudeau said his tax will be revenue neutral because all the money taken from one province will go back to that province. But that's bizarre by the government rather than the people. That's just that's just that's just as Brad as Brad Wall said to him. That just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, the, on the bright side, if uh, if Brad Wall did what what Trudeau taunted him to do, it said, "Well, he just give it back to his farmers." <clears throat> if he did that, it actually might be an ideal carbon tax because. Excuse me one second. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it could be an ideal carbon tax because um, it, it, would, it would let people see the price of emissions, and then they could decide whether they wanted to emit or whether they wanted to try to bank some of that money for a vacation in you know, Rio. Okay. Um, but, uh, but there's almost, again, very little chance that the size of the flow of money that goes to the federal government and is given back to the, to the, to the provincial government. So we have, a, we, we have about a minute left, Dr. Green. Do you have any, do you have any sense that it's going to get better as, as, as Mr. Trudeau's plan unfolds? Or is this just going to be a, a morass that will, be, that will result in more taxes uh, with a fancy name? I don't think they're going to get better, let's put it that way. I think that, uh, but, but I think that the Trump presidency changes the complete the, the economic uh, rationale for having the carbon tax uh, and will compound the damage done to Canada's economy if the U.S. moves ahead with more fracking and less greenhouse gas regulations. Uh, I think it's going to be hard times for Canada if these taxes are allowed to escalate the way they're planned. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again. And uh, I, I doubt that we'll be speaking Spanish with our guest from Australia. Thanks so much. See. Si. Good talking thank to you. you. Bye-bye. See. Si. Dr. Kenneth Green, Sense of Humor, from uh, Fraser Institute. In uh, He's in Calgary. And the report... This poor implementation undermines carbon tax efficiency in Canada. It's all about taxes. It's all about taxes. We're back after this.